Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. We are here with Brooklyn. She's here to share her amazing story and the new safe community space that she has created for people dealing with fertility issues and those who are finished with their journey but still want a safe space to communicate about all the parenting issues that you still have after infertility because it does not save you. <laughs> so welcome, Brooklyn. Thank you so much for having me. Super yeah. excited to be here. Yeah, our pleasure. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So I got married in 2013 and life was roses. Um, and about a year later, we started trying to have a baby. And five years after that, <laughs> we were still trying to have a baby. Um, And of course that came with a lot of heartache and pain and confusion and not necessarily like marital issues, but a lot of tension there of, you know, are we on the same page? Are we not on the same page? What's going on here? Um, And finally, we just decided to sit down with, um, we went the whole route of the OBGYN first and did those due diligence and then nothing was still working. We got on Clomid for like six months, nothing worked there. not necessarily like nothing worked, but obviously I didn't get pregnant. Um, kind of everything's working fine. I don't understand why you're not getting pregnant. And then we got slapped with that big, beautiful diagnosis of unexplained infertility, um, which was the most frustrating, I think, for me personally, because I would go to every test and every exam saying, okay, this is going to be my problem. I know it. Like, I know they're going to do this test and this is my problem right here. I'm going to find it. And it would be, you look great. Don't know what's going on. Um, So after trying and trying and trying, we did uh, six rounds of IUI. We took a couple breaks here and there, got pregnant once. um, But then it, um, after six weeks, I miscarried. Um, Then we decided to try big, bad IVF. And my first round uh, failed. And um, then my second round, you know, we were out of money at that point too. So (laughs) we were wondering what the heck we were going to do. I think my husband kind of got to the point where he was like, I'm, I'm, I need like a long break. And you're at that point now where you're like, oh no, like we've got to keep going here. So we did our second round of IVF and um, I caught my beautiful baby boy Um, and he has lived up to everything we paid for him for. No, I'm just kidding. But um, (laughs) he's my most expensive child. Exactly. I get it. It's, uh, yeah, it's expensive. Very expensive. Yep. 
but worth every dollar in my yeah. So, um, and after that, we were so happy. And then um, we didn't know what would happen um, as far as trying again. So we were kind of like, hey, like couldn't get pregnant before. So um, a year later, we were blessed with a, a natural baby that we weren't expecting, but we are so excited about. And he is about to turn a year in a week, which is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, obviously, I would like to dig a little into why you got pregnant naturally. I know that's not why you're here, but since you're here. Because <laughs> um, I'm sure all, my, all the followers and listeners will be like, well, what'd you do? Yes. Was there something in your journey that you feel that you can pinpoint? Because a lot of people, unless you're like my, like my journey, I can exactly pinpoint why I got pregnant naturally. But for a lot of people, they don't. They're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. I like no, for you. I have no idea. And what was crazy is I was still breastfeeding. Um, so my, you know, my hormones were still crazy and, um, my, my periods were very still on sync though. I mean, I got those like three months after having a kid and I was hello. Thank you so much for this. <laughs> um, but everything was on track there. And I, I just think my body figured out kind of, okay, wait, we know how to do this because I never officially had a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only thing I can think of, but honestly, I have no idea. Yeah. So there was no like dramatic diet changes, lifestyle changes. No, I was just at that point, my son was not even quite a year old yet. Um, and I guess I was just busy with all of that and nothing really dramatically changed, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I mean, it's, it's one of those stories when you're dealing with infertility, you're, you're like just fucking shit, you know, <laughs> you're just like, Oh God, thanks. Another one. Yeah. Um, but with unexplained infertility, um, and especially when you don't necessarily get a diagnosis or, um, you're, you know, you're not changing up lots of different things, literally the stress mm -hmm. of infertility itself is what's cascading the infertility. So you might walk into fertility like going, okay, we're going to create a baby. And you might be on this level of like stress, you know, maybe a little bit like um, maybe not eating well, you know, little things, right? Drinking, like just little things. And then the stress of infertility just compounds, right? Like just is on top of you. And that's just enough to keep you from shit not working, even with medical assistance. And I think people don't realize that when they're pregnant, you're really healthy. And just because you're doing things you wouldn't normally do because you're pregnant. Yeah. Right? Like you obviously stop drinking, mm -hmm. smoking. Um, I mean, stress, I don't know, is like a different thing because being it is pretty stressful when you're pregnant. Um, but you definitely are made to relax more. You know, you hit those walls when you're so exhausted that you just can't go on anymore where like your normal self would probably like get a cup of coffee or like smash a Red Bull where when you're pregnant, you, you don't do that. You right. sit, you relax. So uh, like for me, I know that my nine months with my IVF baby was my 
like incredible time of healing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the same for a lot of women is that they are like forced this nine months of healing. Yeah. And then after that, you usually um, are just in this bliss zone, right? You, you have this baby that you were so desperate for. And if you're lucky enough just to take the time to suck it all in, that's creating joy and happiness that you never had in your life. And people underestimate, that's like one thing that my clients have to do with me is bring joy back into their life. Mm-hmm. And it just changes everything inside of you as well. So that's the best way I can explain when people get pregnant naturally after infertility, um, especially IVF or IUIs, um, things do change just because you don't feel it or you don't, weren't necessarily like me had to like radically change your whole life. Um, you do, you, you have made these small but very important changes in your life and that cascades through everything and it eventually trickles down to your your fertility um and we just don't because it's not tangible right yeah those things aren't tangible like you didn't feel like we all grew up in the society where um we had to feel like we earned it right like no pain no gain type of thing exactly yeah it just it just doesn't have to work that way Right. And your whole body at that point is detoxing off of everything that you've been going. And most people are going through infertility treatments and stuff like that for years. And so their body is just still full of all of those injections and everything else that you have nine months of just releasing all of that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Spot on with that one. Yeah. So I'm super excited for you because that's a big, big journey. That's a lot of medical treatment. Um, and yeah, mental and emotional, just like heaviness. Where did you go to get your support during these times? My husband was a huge, huge, um, support. Um, we didn't tell a lot of people to start with. We kind of kept it very, very hush hush. And we just always had that understanding that we have to be on the same page before we move forward with anything and it's okay if sometimes you just walk through the door and you have to sit on the couch and be quiet and understand kind of how we both processed things differently and understanding that it's okay that someone's processing it differently it doesn't mean they're not feeling the weight of it or grieving whatever's going on in that moment Um, and then once we started to talk to people we actually found a couple that was a friend of ours, newly friends of ours that were actually going through the exact same thing that we were going through. And we instantly connected with each other and we became like best friends and um, were able to kind of share that pain with each other because the guys, obviously our husbands dealt with things differently Mm -hmm. than we did. And so finding someone that was on the same like emotional level as me too, Um, and who could understand like a one word text about just how I'm feeling or what we're going through or just venting to someone and them actually like understanding and knowing in that moment, what we needed back or what I needed back Mm -hmm. being able to be someone else's support too was huge for us because it kind of took that like shift off of 
constantly focused on my problems, my problems, my problems, and able to look at someone else's problems and, and be able to support them. It also taught me in that moment how to support myself, if that makes sense at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was our support system. We didn't really, um, unfortunately, go to our families a lot because we knew that kind of the advice we'd probably get back, they've never gone through it or they've never even, it wasn't a thing really for them and their circles go, growing up that um, we knew that like it was just a foreign world. And yeah. so to protect ourselves, we kind of shut those people out per se, not that that was the right thing or the wrong thing. Um, to kind of protect what we are going to allow advice in those moments. And we really protected that. So we kind of stuck with just ourselves. And then we found a couple that was going through it too. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's that outside eyes of the situation, right? And that's like what coaching does or like your best friend does, right? Like sometimes you know what you should be doing or what you should be saying to yourself and you're always like your worst enemy like your ego always comes in and you would never behave that way to someone else so when you're supporting someone else you're saying the things that you actually need to be said to you should be saying to yourself but you don't right like you're either in protective mode or you're you don't feel worthy or loved enough to receive those messages um so yeah it's really nice to have a different perspective whether that's you on someone else or someone else coming in and going like hey come on like let's be nice to ourselves because like we're so mean to ourselves sometimes absolutely yeah and were you with um the community that you built tell us a little bit about this community okay so um the website is wovensocial.net and um it is basically just a community that has different features like um, there's blog posts where you can read other people's stories. You can um, find out different information, little different topics like that. There's a place for you to connect with different people um, and find new friends and find people that are going through the same exact thing as you because the whole community is built for just women going through infertility or women who have gone through infertility um, to be a safe place that you can share stories with other people, get encouragement from other people, encourage other people. Um, there's different groups on there that you can connect with, and, and they all have Zoom capabilities. So if you wanted to have a, a Zoom group on there, you totally could. You have the ability to create your own group. Um, there are discussion like forums on there where you can go ask questions and have people respond with their experiences or experts respond with um, different type of information that you're looking for. Um, And then there's like an activity feed too, where you can just send out encouragement if you need to, or ask for anything on there as well. So it's like a social media community where we can just connect and know that every single person on there is a woman who has gone through infertility or is who going through infertility. So we all get each other. We're all in the same world there. Yeah. And why did you feel like there was a need? Because obviously we have social media now. When Mm -hmm. I was going through my journey, Instagram wasn't invented. (laughs) Like uh, We had chat rooms. um, But why do you feel that there's like a need for this space? Like what was your passion to drive you to do create this community? 
Um, I just think that community in general, when you're going through this, is super important because you're you don't have the support system sometimes. Most some people do, but a lot of people do choose to keep it private. And so you don't have the support system that you would have, you know, if 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 a loved one passed away. You know, I feel like the grief level of what you're going through is is sometimes so similar to someone passing away, right? It's like every single month you have that feeling. Um, and you don't have that support system with your normal family or your normal people who you would normally go to because they don't understand sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to create a space where it was easy to find people that um, are going through the same thing and can be that support system for people because community is huge. And sometimes I think that on social media platforms like Facebook or Instagram, they're great. But you also have to do some digging, right, to find people sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you also have people that can see what you post or see different things and, and then know what you're trying to keep private. It's out there for everyone to see. Yeah. Um, so sometimes that's kind of tricky, right? You, you can't get everything out there. You can't ask for the support you need or ask questions. You want to ask questions or follow those things you want to follow because, what if my best friend sees this or, you know, someone who I know sees this and then they know that we're going through this or something yeah. like that. So yeah. I just want to create a space where it's all out there, but it's also private if you want to keep it private. Yeah, you can like, because on Instagram, you see a lot of these accounts that you just don't know who's behind there, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's their way of, expressing and letting emotions out but there is a different kind of connection when you're allowed to be yourself yes. and people know who you are and see your face and community is how we've always lived I feel like our the way we live now especially after coronavirus or still during coronavirus mm -hmm. is our communities are being wiped out Mm -hmm. And like, we are, aren't getting that true social interaction, which can happen online, but you have to see each other. You can't hide behind a pineapple picture, right? You right. like, um, and we were talking about how like some people don't like, like to show their face on social media. And I know that was a really big issue for me when I first started. And obviously I got over that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, for a lot of people starting out. And so having a community where, you know, now, I don't know if you feel this within the community, but I know for a lot of us coaches who are very much on the side of mindset, we've studied mindset, we follow amazing doctors about subconscious mind, we have noticed and felt the backlash of a divide within the community of people who um, hold on really tight to that infertile definition the defining of them and people who are ready like most of my community especially my one-to-ones always say I do not identify with being infertile that is not who I am and not that they necessarily understand that that's so important to your subconscious mind not to identify yourself like that but um where do you go within a community 
you know, if, if you're having these feelings of like, okay, I want to redefine myself. Yes. I'm dealing with fertility issues. Yes. I have PCOS, but I'm not PCOS, right? Like just that, that quote, um, you have fat, you are not fat. Just like you have toes, you are not toes. Um, have you thought about that within your community of how to address that? If there is ever kind of an issue with people going, well, I'm still infertile, you know, like really holding on to that, that identity. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why I wanted to have people who have gone through it as well to kind of help be that voice and set that tone of like, we're here to encourage each other that it's not who you are. And the second that I remember this for personally, the second I got pregnant, I kind of almost felt guilty for getting (laughs) because I think I I had identified myself as like an infertile but I had also known people who were going through the same thing and I see this on social media all the time it's like oh I can't look at that pregnancy announcement and I get that but at the same time like you were saying like it's not who we are um and so that's why I kind of wanted different voices on our platform woven social so that we can kind of speak into that and encourage that that it's it's not who you are it's not it's not your identity it's not branded on your forehead that you're infertile um and kind of keep that voice and that that reasoning behind that because it is very very easy to get caught up in that of of putting that on you especially Mm -hmm. when you're going to the doctor's appointment every other day or what you know it becomes who you are but like you're saying I think that's I think just the different voices being on there that have walked through different things that have come out on the other side um, is super important to a listen to and um, be encouraged by. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say like, oh, it's easy for you to say now you have an IVF baby and you got pregnant naturally. So you could say these things. And I want to remind people like we're talking eight years, like for you, was it six, seven years? before you proved to the world that you were infertile and the thing is we were never infertile ever but because the way society has labeled us and because there is this now like branded like you know infertile as fuck you know like I like like owning it and it's like it's like no, none of us are like, unless you don't have a womb, like you are not infertile. I don't care if you embryo adopt, you know, or had to do it through IVF or got pregnant naturally, you fucking carried a child in your womb. So by definition, you are not infertile. You're just dealing with fertility issues. Yeah. And just redefining that. And I think that, um, it is a really uphill battle and only those who are ready to receive that message will understand what you're saying. You know, like you, like I know my first three years, oh, hell no. You tell me that I'm not infertile. Like I would rip your face off, (laughs) you know, like that was who I was. And I think it was between my two IVFs. um, And this is way before I started researching subconscious mind and even believed in this stuff, right? Um, I literally just changed one sentence to when I get pregnant from if I get pregnant. Yeah. That's all you have to start with. Like you literally don't have to like 
go super woo woo like I am, you'll eventually get there if you let yourself. But um, it's those little words um, that just start changing things up. It's huge. I remember um, our IVF doctor who um, was incredible. Well, if you do not have a doctor that supports you and makes you laugh in your appointment, go find a new doctor. Like you're paying way too much money to sit there and be terrified, right? Right. So I remember before we did our second one, she said, don't come back in my office unless you are both hopeful and you're using the words when I get pregnant. She goes, don't even come back. She said, it's not worth your money. And that's what, that was a big wake up call for me. I mean, I had gone through it like IUIs and I, you know, I'd been going through it and it was my last one where I was like, you're right. Like I've got to get out of this, this, oh, I just hope it happens or when it, you know, yeah. and no, this is going to work. This is going to work. And yeah. yeah, it was huge. It was, yeah. for me, it was a game changer. Yeah. I think for most people who finally like get over that hurdle, um, they can then look back and yeah, hindsight's a bitch and is it fair that we get to sit here and, and have that hindsight now? I don't know, like just the way it happened. And I just, for me, because I didn't have these communities, um, I didn't have anyone, you know, health coaches like myself who are like, Hey, listen, you can dramatically change your outcome through certain, certain means, um, is I suppose, to everyone listening is that like soak that in have that reassurance in that um no matter how you get to your ultimate dream family really working on that mindset and the physical side too right like I'm not a believer that um just be positive and it will happen like that shit doesn't work <laughs> trust me <laughs> it's a lot more deep deep work that people need to do but yeah, we'll tell our listeners where they can find you and this amazing community. Yeah, so I our our community is on wovensocial.net. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram. Um, it's woven social one um on Instagram. And yeah, I would love to look forward to meeting everybody and just connecting and having one big happy family together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just did a post on Instagram today about weathering the storm. You want to do it in a rowboat or a yacht because it's going to happen. And, um, your mindset is the key to what boat you're in. So build your community, build, you know, like, um, get into these communities that are going to inspire you. And, you know, even if you're just doing it on social media, mute or unfollow accounts that are triggering you. Whether that's right or wrong, if you're getting triggered, it's time to mute those things, find some inspiration and like go within and yeah, connecting with the right community. Well, thank you so much for coming on and creating this amazing space uh, for women to go to. Um, I wish you all the best in the venture and I'm yeah super excited for the future. Thank you. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.